I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today. Some of you are already there. I like it. They, they led the way you guys follow. Don't wait for me to do it. Just on your own. On your own. And it's not because that's what I do. It's because that's what you should be doing. Invite him into your immediate presence so that the person next to you begins to feel the heaven and presence of God that's available to each and every one of us. I would love it one day where we capture what we are saying right now so much that this is the end of the service for that month because this is all that happens. The full awareness of his tangible presence becomes such a reality that nothing else matters. Holy Spirit, come. you're newer here this may feel a little strange and it's me up here so it'll continue to feel like that tonight (laughs) I remember I was raised a Catholic and when I first actually well raised a Catholic went through just about every type of religion you could think of every Christian one lots of East Indian ones lost of a lot of Asian religions went into some universalism. I mean, I I tried it all because I knew something was there that's bigger than me. And and what I had come to a reality is, is God is power and God is love. But I wasn't finding both almost anywhere. I'd find the, the fake. I'd find acceptance and think it was love. Some of you need to hear that. Acceptance is not love. It's an attribute of love, but it's not love. I'd find performance. That wasn't power, but it looked great. But when I found Jesus, the true Jesus, not the guy I thought about, the guy I read stories about, but when I met him, when I had an encounter with him, when the fullness of who he is and what he embodies and what he carries and the fullness of heaven came into my life, I found love and I found power. Nothing else matters. And it scared me when I would go to some of these newer churches and they would do weird things. Because they didn't make sense to me. But I had one resolve in my heart. I refuse to be offended by what a person's doing if it can get me closer to God. And when I read my Bible and I read about heaven, that place is freaky. How many of you have ever read about heaven? You know, some of us have this utopia idea that it's just going to be, we're amoebas in this presence and it's all good and that's what we do forever. Man, it shakes and rattles and rolls and pillars and creatures with eyeballs inside and out. Like, they can see what they're eating before, during, and after. It's just weird. 
of you would freak out and run out of this building if a crazy creature appeared here with eyeballs all over it? And I might. <laughs> I don't know. Some would be like, no, I'm holy. No, I'd be freaked out. This has nothing to do with where I'm going tonight. Somebody needed to hear this. You have permission to allow the crazy stuff to not offend you. Oh, man. Put your hand on your heart. Say, I give you permission and to be open and receive everything tonight. Put your hand on your head. I give you permission to be closed and to quit preventing things to happen for me tonight. <laughs> Wherever we go tonight, because you guys know, I have no idea what's going to happen. I do not want you to be the polished Christians that showed up to church and sit in your chairs. If God touches you, do whatever he's doing. If you feel led, come up to the front. If you want to leave, no. <laughs> if you want to leave, you may. All right, go ahead and have a seat or stand. Lay down. Sing a cappella, whatever you need. All right. I wasn't sure what I was going to do tonight. Surprise, surprise. About 3 o'clock, God gave me a lot of clarity, which doesn't feel like enough time, but it's okay. I want to talk about perseverance. How many of you have had something in your life that God has called you to, either audibly, through a prophetic word, or just you knew you should be doing something, or somebody told you and you knew that was for your life? but you didn't quite step into it fully. Am I the only one in the room? There's two of us. This is awesome. The rest of you can go home. <laughs> I realized something the last couple of weeks. I feel like the bird in the nest. I know I need to get out of the nest in a certain area. It's kind of that area that's like God's called me out of the nest. Anybody resonate with that? And I've done a great job for 20 years building a whole lot of secondary nests, safety things, making sure everything was in order to where when I got out, it wasn't as scary as I thought. And I couldn't fail because I didn't take enough risk to do it without some sort of safety that I put in place. Does that resonate with anybody here? And I love the fact that my father in heaven Loves me enough that he kind of said, well, I'm done with that. And he kicked me out of the nest. And I'm like, well, but, but, but there's nothing down there. And that scares me. Is anybody else scared about the call of God on your life? Or something he's called you to? If you're not, you're not actually listening. Because if God called you to it, it's probably scary and outside of your ability. And if you're comfortable being the Christian that sits and listens, you're not actually pursuing a God-ordained call for your life. I hope something tonight. I hope you end up leaving terrified. And hope-filled. 
Some of you are looking like, if he doesn't make eye contact, I can sneak out. <laughs> Definition of perseverance. Be persistent. Refuse to stop. Continue steadfastly in spite of difficulty, opposition, or discouragement. To persevere patiently and bravely. First Corinthians 16, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Most of you have heard my heart for the men, not of just this house, but this city, actually men on this planet. I love the fact that there is a verse that calls the man out. We're called to lead. Not to domineer, not to walk out inappropriate leadership. We're called to lead. Hebrew words for Greek are defined as take good care, be diligent, study, be wakeful, keep watch. And when you start reading into what some of the original language meanings are, it changes perspective on what our understanding of the definition is. I love those last two. Be wakeful and keep watch. Don't fall asleep on the call of God in your life. In the Greek, to adhere, to stick, to abide to hang on or abide by. What would it be like to pursue God and the will of God for our lives with everything? How many of you right now think, I'm following and pursuing the call of God in my life with everything? It's a humbling thing asking myself that today because the answer was no. I'm pursuing him with most things. What if we were willing to pursue the heart and will of God in our lives until we got the breakthrough? Our patience, our whole lack of holding on our steadfastness is usually why we haven't received something. And we're really good. Let me rephrase that. I don't want to put any of you in this. I'm really good at giving the devil credit for me not persevering. What are the areas that we're actually called to persevere in? Finances. How many of you are called to persevere in finances in a way you're not doing today? What about relationships? What about your jobs, your marriages, your kids? Is it hard to persevere? How many people are married in here? How many of you would say it's difficult at times? 
I love saying things like that because immediately you see one of the spouses go. You put your hand up, you'll find out what difficult is. <laughs> Sorry, Shane. <laughs> Relationships are hard. People are hard. Life is hard. If it wasn't hard, it wouldn't have a value add to it. What if the things you're pursuing or persevering, not persevering in or needing to persevere more in are the call of God on your life? What if it's just his presence? What if it's your identity? Do you know that probably one of the saddest things, but I've gone through it myself, but one of the saddest things I hear is when a Christian's like, I just don't feel like I can feel his presence. I don't feel like I ever hear him talk. They speak an area that they feel lack in, not understanding that they're empowering themselves to believe it's not available or there. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Sometimes it's our awareness and our noisy lives that are preventing us from actually feeling or hearing him. First Chronicles, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. All the time. It takes hunger and humility to have perseverance. Have you ever been discouraged because the things of God that you're hungry for aren't being seen? I actually realize that more of my frustrations are because I'm not seeing what I'm desiring less than I'm actually facing bad things. It's crazy that we can actually end up being depressed because we're hungry for God. Hunger for God can take you one of two places. It can take you to faith and breakthrough or it can take you to discouragement and depression. Because what does it take to have perseverance? Not just hunger, but humility. I've seen people so hungry for God, but they're not at a place of humility to persevere and do whatever it was that God said to do. Hunger is recognizing needs. Humility is recognizing the source. There's something about humility in our hunger for the Lord that says, I'll do whatever you say to do. Yeah, I'm going to smack you around a little bit. You all right with that? Kind of already have, so yeah. Yeah, you don't have a choice unless you can get out of here before you can't hear me. Don't act like you don't know how to pers persevere just because you don't want to. Don't act like you don't know how to do it because you don't have a desire to. Don't act like you don't know how because it's hard or because you're scared. 
As long as you believe and say that you can't do it, you're never going to be the person that God's called you to be. Stay, stay, or I think stay, power, yep, power. There's power of life or death in the tongue. Romans 5. Not only so, how many of you were here last week for Renee's message on persecution? How many of you felt great when you left? How many of you knew the hopeful side of it and you knew the why, but you really didn't feel great when you left? Like, I just signed up for more. Romans 5, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. Character, hope. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Who's been given to you? Are you lacking anything? Some of you are like, I don't have the money I need. I don't have the resources. I don't have the time. I don't have, yeah, you have a whole lot of don't haves, but you have the only thing that's necessary. It's been given to you freely. If your awareness of the Holy Spirit is more than all of the obstacles, you'll always see that you have more than enough. The moment that the obstacles become bigger than the Holy Spirit, you live out of a place of deficit that is a lie from the enemy. So you can do anything you need to and you can persevere because God put his spirit in you and anointed you to do good things. How many of you feel anointed? I used to hear that word and I'm like, I had my list of qualifiers for anointed. And they were always performance-based. And I didn't realize it. Because I was like, well, it's power. It's, it's healings, it's signs and wonders, it's this, it's it. But the thing was, is those, that, those things were real, but my perception of them were performance. And they were qualifiers to feel anointed when that was never said. I am anointed by his presence. That may manifest in a thousand different ways. Don't create the laundry list of what God has given you inappropriately. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. We have to stop looking at what's hard and start looking at the reward and promises of God. See, the enemy knows that he can't curse what God has promised and blessed. Yeah, some of you need to write that down. And like, The enemy knows that he can't curse what God has promised and blessed. If you feel like the enemy has robbed your blessing, you're not understanding scripture. He, he would, the enemy would love to convince us that the cost is going to be greater than the reward. And that's how he gets you to leave your assignment. It's how he gets you to stop pursuing something. He convinces you that what you're working on doesn't matter or it's not going to be successful or the reward at the end wasn't worth the trials to get there. 
The moment you believe that it'll cost more than the reward is the moment you actually will back down from the cost. See, we sometimes think that idols are things that, the only things that are idols are the things we worship in front of God in the aspect of, oh, this is more important to me than God. Idols can also represent this is bigger than God. If the cost of what he's called you to do feels too much, you've actually made it an idol. Some of us are actually better at surviving in famine than we are living in a blessing. Some of us have become very comfortable surviving with the scraps, though we've been invited to the table. And we'll use scripture, we'll use prophetic words to validate our areas of fear. You guys okay? See, if we're not careful, we'll actually create a theology around our circumstances in a way that gives us permission to not persevere. Don't run from resistance. When you run from resistance, you run from blessing. When you run from the problem, you run from the promise. Let me give you a few scriptures. James 1. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Hebrews 10, for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. James, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete Lacking in nothing. First Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. You know, we sometimes pray to the point of inconvenience, and then we stop. Or we pray to the point of discouragement, because we've not yet seen. says pray without ceasing do you know that Jesus never taught on unanswered prayer because he didn't have any so why have we created theologies around it that's the right word your word forgot who it was but um, I'm blanking on his name he had recorded all of his prayers that he could remember over his life. Like over his life, he had journals and journals of prayers, and then he'd go back, and when they were answered, he'd write them, and he had over 10,000 documented answer prayers. And there was one, and he said, uh, he was being interviewed late, late in his life, and they're like, 
you have all these prayers that you have. He goes, have you ever had any that weren't answered? He goes, no. He goes, there's one still not answered yet, but I've never had an unanswered prayer. See, I think sometimes if I'm praying for something and I haven't seen the outcome, I say it hasn't been answered. Which means I'm declaring that I don't have faith that God's going to show up at some point. That not answered yet says, I haven't seen it, but it's coming. And he said, and I know someday it'll happen. And what his one prayer that he had not seen yet was there was a young man that he had known for 40 years, a family friend, son of a family friend. He had known for 40 years that had not yet gotten saved. That young man got saved at that man's funeral. See, I think we sometimes also also think that if we are praying for something and we don't see it, it's not our reward. You know, with all of the things in our lives that we face and deal with and navigate day to day, hour to hour, month to month, year to year, there's always going to be distractions. See, the enemy is better at distracting than stopping. Because if he can distract you, you choose to stop. How many of you know that when the enemy comes straight at you, it's almost obvious? The reality is that he does that less than we think. He comes at us very subtly from the side, and then we make decisions and say, well, the devil did. But we actually are the ones that chose to partner with whatever the lie was he was spewing. I have watched so many people over the years be satisfied with not having what God's promised them. How many of you in here need more of his Holy Spirit? If you didn't raise your hand, you're either sleeping or confused. Every one of us in here needs more of his presence. Every one of us. Whether it's pride, convenience, whatever it is. I remember when I first got saved, probably for the first eight years, every time there was an altar call for anything, I went up. I mean, pregnant Chinese women, come up if you want to get prayer. Okay. (laughs) You guys are laughing. I actually did that once. It wasn't pregnant Chinese. It was something, but it was for Asian women for something, and I went up. And they're like, oh, it's only the people praying. I'm like, I came for prayer. And the look on the person's face was like, and then you could see they went, yeah, I'm going to pray for you. Because what they realized is I was hungry enough to not care about what the qualifier, I wanted the end. I wanted what was being given. How many times have you had a altar call or a call where you knew Something in you is like, well, I could, and then you don't. I would say most of the time it's because you've answered a call enough times that you're discouraged that it's not changing. 
I'm saying a lot of this because I've had all of these things happen. Probably in the last six months, half of them have happened. See, I used to think that, oh, as I mature, things will stop happening to me. Yeah, those laughing are like, that was stupid. (laughs) That didn't happen. What should be changing is my response to the things. The problem is, is what was changing was my response to the things. But it was changing the wrong way. Instead of double down, stay strong, persevere, it was, I can receive here in my chair. I don't have to go up. If, if God wants that, he'll do it. How hungry are you? How humble are you? It takes humility to go up over and over and over again without seeing the result. It takes hunger to desire it. It takes humility to continue to go. This last month and a half for me has been one of the most revelatory times in my entire life. I am more honest than I've ever been. How many of you have not been 100% honest because you didn't want to hurt someone or you didn't want to damage relationship? How many of you realize that by not being honest, you were hurting somebody and you were damaging relationship? thing is, is the person you were hurting was yourself and the relationship you were damaging was both ways. Because if I can't be fully honest with you, I'm going to interact with you in a way that you have no idea why. God's kicked me out of the nest, so I'm stepping into some, some scary new things. It's fun. I'm excited. Yes. Though all the way flapping down, I'm like, I see no net. challenging myself in pursuing the things that God has put in my heart and put in my life in a way that is scaring some people around me even. Because I'm always very calm and low-key, so that slight bit of intensity is a little... Oh, yeah, shoot, I'm being honest. Yeah, I'm a wreck. I'm crazy. I'm a pit bull on steroids right now. (laughs) Thanks for keeping me honest. (laughs) I've probably cried more in the last six weeks than I have in the last six years. I've probably laughed more. I've slept more. I've been tired. Perseverance is tiring. Mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And what other Elise there are in there? (laughs) But I trust the Father who's put me on this journey enough to say there's no more saying anything but yes with as much as I'm capable of giving. I earlier said who's giving God everything. I don't know if I'm giving everything because I've 
got places that have been buried and hidden for so long, I haven't recognized how to get them out in front of them yet. But I'm pursuing them. What do you guys want for your lives? Are you willing to leave this place every week in and out a little different? Or even not different? Don't go through a car wash and come out dirty. It's funny, I was talking to somebody about washing cars probably three weeks ago. And I, I actually loved what they said. And then I was like, oh, that's bad. They're like, I don't even hardly wash my car in the winter. I just, it rains enough. It just takes care of it. Thinking, that's brilliant. That's really stupid. How many of us don't actually go someplace to be clean because we're okay with just the little bit that happens naturally? How many of us don't go get our car clean because, well, it might rain this week? Then it'll be spotty. Your car's dirty now. Spotty's better. Just <laughs> go get your car cleaned. Y'all are getting it. You're the car, right? Just some of you are looking at me really funny. I guess that happens anyway. Have you ever gotten to where you step into a place of revelation and you want everyone around you to know it? And not for your sake, because you're like, if they saw what I see right now, their lives would completely change. How many of you right now could say, if you were to take even two minutes to think about it, there is a specific area that you could think of that's like, I know I need breakthrough in that area, and I haven't persevered the way I should. One, two people. Awesome. It's a different two people, so we've got four in the room now, so this is good. A lot of the things that we have to decide is, have we been called by man or been called by God? One of the things I've processed in this last, this last six weeks is God called me somewhere to do something. And then when I showed up, oh, this happened, and this happened. Oh, those are blessings, and they confirm what God called me to. And then those things changed. And one of the things I had to deal with is, oh, maybe God's changed his mind. Maybe I missed it. Maybe that season's over. What I did is I polluted the call of God by the things that happened in my life around the call. The call didn't change. I did. And I allowed what was happening in my life and the circumstances and the changes to make me question, well, maybe that's no longer the call. How often does God change his mind over your life? Glad no one said often or something. We'd be baptizing you right now. How many of you have stayed strong on a course because you knew God called you somewhere, but you actually, if you really think about it, you created a course that was close to where he called you, but it wasn't exactly where he called you. But the blessing kept you there. 
I'm going to say something that theologically, if you have questions, you can call Joaquin. <laughs> the enemy will bless you to keep you off track. And he'll make it look similar enough to what was promised that you'll be deceived at times. When he tempted Jesus, he tempted him scripturally with things he already had access to. But if he'd have said yes to him, it had taken him off his path. If, if he's going to do that with Jesus, how many of you think that you're probably in that vein? Some of us have made decisions about our lives that have actually been good, good decisions that have been blessed that have prevented us from actually stepping into the call of God in our lives. Y'all okay? See, I don't mind it being heavy. I've had, I've had six weeks to process. You guys get 30 minutes. Like, you got to just catch up. The Bible says that we're called to set an example. I've made a, I've made a decision in my life that the enemy wants to hang out. I'm going to make an example of him in the process. We're going to end this, me blabbing up here a little early because I want us to actually do some things. I do believe that sometimes you need to be called out. And what I mean by that is sometimes where you've been for so long has got you stuck and somebody needs to grab you and pull you out. You're the only person that can actually respond to it, though. If you're pushed somewhere, it might have an effect. If you're called out of something and you step forward, you're choosing. Go ahead and have the worship team come up. One of my fears is that people are satisfied with being unsatisfied. It, it, it's hard for me as a father, pastor, human being even, to see someone that's okay with not enough. And what I mean by that is God's called you to thrive and you're allowing yourself to settle. That's how I'm wired. I'm, I'm the coach. I'm the guy that's like, come on, let's go. Like, if you're wanting to be challenged, I'm the guy to hear because I'll challenge you. If you're not, I scare those people. Those people are usually like, don't make eye contact, stay quiet. As soon as he makes an altar call, run. <laughs> and I get it. I get it. I've had my seasons of being that. 
But I want to actually, close your eyes real quick. I want to speak to your spirit, man. I want to speak to the spirit of God inside you and say, wake up. One of those words, the meaning of perseverance, it's be wakeful. That, that hit me today. It's like, wake up. Whatever is asleep inside of you, wake up. Don't be satisfied with anything less than what he's said is available for you. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.